Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Surewinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called All Brace and it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the All Brace and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. What's up, Door Nation? This is Ryan with Torsion Talk. I'm your host. And, man, it feels like it's been a minute since we recorded because Tamara, like, jam-packed, like, 50 episodes in a week, and then we haven't had to record for a while. But we are, uh, I got to, I might be a little rusty. It's definitely been a couple weeks. And I haven't done one through Zoom in a long time. Yeah, they were in person. I told her to, let's, I like doing them in phases like that where we knock out a bunch because I get in the groove. But now it's the first one back. So with that logic, this one would probably suck. But, but. We have an excellent guest today who's going to raise the bar and help me out. Um, If you guys haven't been following along online, this dude is quickly becoming one of my favorite people. We have so much in common. We subscribe to a lot of the same philosophies when it comes to like um, sales and marketing. And um, I just really respect this guy. Uh, One thing that I'm super passionate about is... um, like a marketing philosophy um and it's uh there's a book what was the name of the book again oh my god how i forget that story brand by donald miller so um story brand is like one of the most revolutionary marketing messaging books i think i've ever read like totally love it and so um this guy we got on on with us today subscribes to that same philosophy and just rolled out like new messaging on his website. And it's awesome. Like I'm mad respect from me as a marketer, uh, for someone who does this for a living, uh, I was impressed. So, um, we got Matt, how do you pronounce your last name, Matt? Cool horn. Cool horn. Cool horn works. I add a little cue on the top. So fuel, fuel horn, cool horn. And then, yeah. We have Tamara. Everybody knows Tamara. Uh, yeah. she, Hello. She's my favorite. I know I'm just here for the good looks. Tamara's really the one everybody's here for. Um, so, right? The looks. Yeah. Face you, for radio. You're the basically. face. You're the face of the company for sure. Said, 
Uh, they said I have a face for radio. You do not. But radio is now on Zoom. So that's a compliment. Oh, it yeah. Maybe it wasn't when they said it, but now it is. Right. All right. Matt, where, tell us a little bit about you, your company. Don't get into the videos yet because, like, I want to hold that because that's, like, I think we need to spend some time there. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the business. Yep. When did Kohler, uh, you changed the domain, right? Kohler Garage Doors now. I did. Yep. Uh, when did Kohler Garage Doors start and, um, and how you got in the business? Go ahead. You got it. So May of 2015 is when I started Cooler. I was telling Tamara in the break here that this logo came off of Fiverr for $5. Wow. The name was actually off the back, which is now hanging the back of my gentleman beer league hockey jersey. I had no plans to get into the trade, and I started as a house painter. I did have some garage door installation in my background. So as I got a little bit of traction, we're talking a little bit of traction house painting, I went after garage doors because it's such a beautiful niche. And Long story short, within the seven years, we are full focus on garage doors. So at this point, we're going through a rebrand, and that's why I changed the URL, updated the website, and we're just very, very clear and focused in on garage doors. You mentioned marketing and complimented me, and I really appreciate that. Um, it's really humbling and flattering. And before I did garage doors, I was in drug prevention. And that's where the marketing comes from, really on a foundational like just level. Just say no. Well, a little bit more updated. <laughs> um, I I used to run our county's drug prevention project, and so much of drug prevention, a lot of people don't know, is social messaging, social marketing. Yeah. So it's learning the channels, learning how to message in a way that can shift norms and get into um, people's brains. Yeah. And it really gave me a foundation of how to communicate a message through channels that work. So in our rural community, I really knew which vehicles were going to get a message across and right. run in full force. Then. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, because you have the painting background, it sounds like you also have like some finishing background, like detail, which led you maybe to getting into the overlay business. So just to clarify, when I started painting, I had almost zero, like it was not a logical decision to go become a painter. <laughs> it was, I'm in the back corner. I've got little kids. I got to put food on the table. Buddy kicked me 20 bucks an hour to come roll out his house. When I contracted my first house, I hired a subcontractor because I bought myself a, a paint sprayer. I had never used a paint sprayer. I hired a contractor to come in. I put him in a t-shirt. So I was already buying t-shirts mm -hmm. and had him. I was like, yeah, just go ahead. I want you to prime this wall. So I'm watching him on how to use the pump. He teaches me how to use this thing, right? He's there for two days. I'm like, okay, I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I stuck my neck out there. As far as the overlays go, the custom piece, when I had worked for a company in the mid 2000s, they did a lot of overlays. So I installed a lot of the overlays. I knew that was a big piece of our market being in the mountains and a lot of our HOAs require wood facing on garage doors. So it was a no brainer that I was gonna figure it out. I had enough information to be dangerous. And over the years, just through the painful experiences of some failures and some wins, kind of figuring out and R&Ding a process to get them really tight. Um, way too soon, I tried to delegate that process. Like the first few garages I overlaid were in my little tiny garage, which is an 1800 wood cabin. And um, very similar, the first one I did, I. I met a friend who was a skilled woodworker and we did an overlay in his garage so i learned a lot of the technique from him and then just constant never-ending improvement and some big failures in there and ultimately we've got it to a place where it's really certain i've since learned who i need to hire so we've got a great great craftsman doing our overlays these days and just nice. taking the innovation step by step as we go so Come a long ways. Well, I'm going to invite myself out to your place. Do it. Oh, is that appropriate? Yeah. Typical. <laughs> Typical, but inappropriate. So, um, we pick a day where I can come spend a day with you. I would love to see your operation, learn about the doors that you're making because not only are they gorgeous, but what I find very interesting is like, I think your mindset's very similar to mine. I didn't come from the blue collar. I don't know how much you follow the podcast, but my background is sales and marketing. I came from software. So we started in the same year, by the way, uh, 2015. I, st I launched in August. So you got a couple months head start on me. And um, I really didn't know how big of a challenge it was trying to run a service company because it's like, you know, I think I like running a marketing agency is like almost juggling a ball, but it's super simple in my opinion. Maybe it's just because that's what I'm naturally good at. Running a service company is kind of like trying to juggle with both hands tied behind your back. Um, it's very different. Um, you got multiple balls in the air at the same time like it can be a lot more challenging right and then you the good news is is we start all over on the first of the month and got to go after it again so um so there's a lot of complications and challenges but one thing that i think we have in common is we both love quality and uh quality is important to us what we install in people's homes is important to us and for the longest time you know i start like I think it was probably two years ago, it popped in my head. Why don't I make garage doors? Like, I think I can do a good job at it. And we're buying these overlay doors from local distributors and they're charging astronomical amounts of money for them. Right. And it's literally a flush panel door with some boards on the front. Right. If you take the material cost and then maybe the labor cost to make it, um, they're making a hefty, hefty profit on it. Um, and it makes it very difficult to compete with companies who do their own overlays. And overlays are very popular here in, in the Atlanta market, whether it's just like a, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of the new construction here, they'll do like these Windsor doors with overlays on them. 
Um, and uh, those definitely help me. I can contribute a large portion of my revenue to those doors breaking a lot. So, you know, as a service guy, you go out in the field and you see all these doors breaking. You're like, oh, I can fix that. You know, or we need to replace it. You start thinking that's out of the rent, like nobody's doing it right, you know? And then you get to the point where you're like, man, I bet I could do that though. So the mindset like evolved. And, and so when I see you doing these videos, which we're going to talk about here in just a second, um, I'm so in, like infatuated with them. Like I literally sit there and watch the whole thing. Um, you know, the, like, and I loved how well you played it off where you're like an employee, like walked into the room and you're like, oh, I'm just shooting a video talking about how good these are. And, and he's like, oh, okay. And you're like, see ya. <laughs> and it's like, and then you just get right back to it. I'm like, dude, this guy's a natural. He's so good at this. He's like made for it. Um, but what you, I've seen multiple versions of that, almost that same video where you did one that was outside. Um, and then you did one that was like in your shop, but it's a video of you taking different material adhesives applying the overlay to um to a sample or whatever and then trying to pry it off and beat it off and like trying to see which one holds up the best so what gave you that idea and have you just gotten like a ton of people reach out to you because of that video does that help with your website or seo or anything no i don't know if it helps with seo website i've had a few people reach out and i'm a, an open transparent book right like in our industry, you may have seen this. Some people hold information really, really close. And I just like to flip it. I also think that there's some really cool aspects on customizing doors and overlaying. And there's a lot of people that maybe were in my shoes five, six years ago trying to figure stuff out and just underbuilding these doors or having massive failures. And that doesn't serve anybody. Um, with regards to like glues and R and D, I love that stuff. Like it's a little MythBuster kind of component, right? And trying to break <laughs> stuff. And and recently, the the one that I just did was really because of supply chain. And you know, we love the Loctite TL3X. It is one of the best adhesives for metal, and then it really bonds to wood. But we had a hard time getting it. So we went back to another glue that we've used in the past that some other guys around here use and just noticed how it wasn't setting up as well. And then I reached out to 3M. I was down at Vertical Track in November and I saw their metal overlays and I was like, oh, this is, my market would eat this up. But Luke wouldn't tell me what adhesive he used. So I had to go to work on trying to navigate. And now we have one. I'll do a video on some tests with that too, because it's just, awesome and, and fun. Um, talking about but the ultimately rustic, the, uh, the rustic look. Yeah. Like we do metal overlays similar, but we've never wrapped them. Like he wrapped his yeah, and we always had fasteners because we never had the right adhesive. And so now we're done with fasteners. We get these slick looking metal overlays. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is good. My market's going <laughs> to eat it up. And because of the price of lumber, like metal overlays, they look really sharp, they're slick, and they can be a little less cost than some of the wood overlays these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so all those things. And um, 
where was I going? Oh, I reached out to 3M. So they sent an industrial adhesive. And my carpenter was like, I don't know about this because it's recommending you don't touch it. You don't want to get it on your skin. You don't want to breathe it. I'm like, all right, well, just go ahead. Let's, let's R&D like, this. We may right? die in six months putting these together, but they're going to look real good and last a long time. That's right. Like The doors will last longer than the humans. Right. <laughs> So, so that's why I was like, okay, we're going to R&D the industrial level adhesive, our normal adhesive that we're now starting to get back into a supply mode because it was really hard to find. And then this other more common adhesive, and, and that's what you saw in that video is me trying to beat them, trying to do a shear test and then a pull-off test. And we really want to get a door that lasts a lifetime regardless of whether or not that homeowner treats their woods or not. Yeah. That's the, that's the game for that's us. That's hard though, right? I mean, yeah, there's a like, lot of variables. Yeah. And you're in a like extreme temperature area. You're in Colorado, right? Extreme. Yeah. Extreme. And so my biggest concern when I started in the business, I mean, I'm not by no means any a genius, especially when it comes to like building material, but. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, in Atlanta, we can have a 34 degree morning and a 68 degree afternoon. And you're talking like metal and wood, like expand and contract at different temperatures. Right. And when I first got into the business, I'm like, oh, dude, all these overlay doors everybody's putting up, they're just going to fall apart in years. Right. And some of them have like you pull into some neighborhoods and there's like boards falling off. They're curling. You know, like yeah. I'm like, yes, because I'm a service company. I don't want to do new construction. This is great for me. Like, fall off. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. but um, but then I bought into the overlay because I think they're beautiful. Like, I love the depth in in the three-dimensional look on them. And yeah. so when when taking all that into consideration, I started doing some research and um, you know, they can be done right. I just don't think they're done right a lot. Um and so, like, I know a local company here, they, like, heat the glue to, like, 6,000 degrees. I'm probably just, like, overboarding it. But they have, like, this machine that heats the glue to, like, a certain degree. And then, you know, they lay it on. And then they screw from the back. Um, you know, you got all this stuff. But long story short, like, I, I just feel like, um, have you have you not had a problem with the temperatures with your wood and steel bringing separation or curling or I mean, how does that work? Yeah. When we do it right, we have not had problems. I have had some great failures. I've redone these things in people's driveways and that's painful, possible, yeah. but painful. Um, so yeah, when we do it right and it does come down to adhesive for us, we're always using a steel back, a, a fully insulated sandwich steel door. So we're not going to add fasteners from the back. I really try to keep all of our fasteners as much as possible hidden. So if anything, we're using, you know, finished brads in these faces and then hiding as much as we can in a shift lap or tongue and groove. And it comes down to the adhesive. So as long as we're using the adhesive, the right adhesive with the right amount, which is copious, we're good. We could have a really solid piece, even if those woods are not maintained. Now, we have a service agreement 
that is available if they want us to come out and clear coat every year, like I highly, highly recommend keeping woods treated, that'll prevent some of the cupping, splitting, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, especially with woods, I can't guarantee that those woods aren't going to split cup or whatever. But what I can guarantee is that our workmanship's solid and that thing's not going to delaminate for years. Yeah. And I put a lifetime sticker on it. That's crazy. So what I love about that is you're not afraid to fail. True. Because you're like, we're going to build this and stick it on somebody's house. <laughs> I think that's awesome. All right. So, um, and I don't want to get into the overlay because that's not what this is about. Uh, but I just find it very unique. And I love, I love how you test things and do the R&D and you video it. And then you're like so cool in the video. Like, I just feel like you're made for TV. I don't know. Makes you have your own show. Um, That's encouraging. I'll keep it going. Yeah. So um, what, like, I think the the whole season's about company culture. And I feel like you're probably very good at that, like creating a culture or trying to maintain it. Um, Tell us a little bit about your culture there at Cooler and you know, what it took to establish that? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many nuances, you know, I think culture for me at the end of the day is really how we treat and communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. And I lead with a lot of transparency, um, as much humility as I can, while also maintaining a game level competition. <laughs> yeah. So, in our shop, you know, we've got t-ball and ping pong, and I try to win every time I, I play. Like, of course. Why would not I? Kids, dude. We play basketball in the driveway, and I'll, like, slap the ball all the way yeah. to the neighbor's yard. My kid's eight, you know? He's not even four foot yet. Totally. Like, what, punk? Yeah. And he's like, Dad, I don't even want to play anymore. I'm like, then get in the house. <laughs> you know? It's funny. Anyway. Right. Right, exactly. And so last year, the beginning of 2021, I made a very intentional um, point to invest in culture. So I brought in- What motivated local, that? Um, I think culture trumps strategy. I think culture eats strategy for breakfast. I think that if you have the right culture, everything else is easier. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just put my money where my mouth was. And I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to put time in this. And I brought in an experiential facilitator to bring us through. He's got a do be model and he taught us this model where it's about interacting and doing and encouraging every human on our team to stretch outside of their comfort zone. So we're definitely in a growing mode, in a growing industry, in a growing area. And so I wanted to continue encouraging the growth, the learning, the failure, um, to strive for excellence and to disregard perfection. So when we brought this guy, he was on for at least six months. Um, what that did was really aligned our language. So we had a lot of similar vocabulary on how to deal with communicating with each other, with the team. And what that did was opened up the opportunity to go into really establishing manuals, solid 
standard policies, um, tracking results, kind of outlining what the game was for each role. And that's kind of where we're at today. That's interesting because you and I are almost on the exact same path, like timing and everything. So what I found was um, bad employees don't like established systems and processes. and Good employees do. And when we started establishing set systems and processes, we started losing bad employees. And then when we would interview good employees that we really wanted, and we would tell them about the SOPs and walk them through the clean organized warehouse, it impressed them so much. They were excited about it and wanted to be part, which I think is really cool. Um, But you had said something earlier that, Tamara, you could probably attest to this. Like, I am so transparent. It's probably overboard. But um, I was mentored by a transparent leader. And I love that. You know, we talk to our team about revenue numbers, profit. You know, um, my salespeople have logins to see all my pricing of all my doors. And they know how to build a quote based on margin. Um you know, they handle the process from A to Z. And, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of things that, you know, the business is dealing with or struggling with or whatever, because it's not a me problem. It's a us problem. Like we got to fix it together. And so mm-hmm. um, if they don't know about it, then they can't. And there's pros and cons to that, right? Like when you are starting to become very profitable and you're having that conversation with your team, it's not uncommon for people to be like, well, if you're making that much money, you could pay me more. Right. And then they come to you about stuff like that. So uh, in your eyes, like when you say transparency, give me some examples of things that you do as a leader that you feel is transparent. That might be a little bit different than other people. I mean, kind of similar to what I just heard you explain, like I'm very open with our books. Um, you know, and what I'm, it's kind of twofold. Like, I'm not afraid if somebody was to take some of this knowledge and jump ship, even if they were to be a direct competitor, because I'm already miles ahead and I'm going to keep going. Like, execution's different than knowledge. It is. I mean, um, yeah, over the years, there's so many different individuals that are now doing their own thing and are one of their biggest cheerleaders. And if they've gleaned any kind of knowledge from working with me and Cooler, I feel great about that. Because at the end of the day, like my way, way background, I'm really an educator. I'm an educator. I'm a guide. I'm a facilitator. And so I, I share numbers. We have monthly owners meetings. It's not required, but anybody can come. I'll share the balance sheet, share the PNL. We'll talk about where we're going and, and how it's looking. We'll talk about pricing all the time, um, you know, and on the flip, like we're getting dialed enough to where everybody has a scorecard. Like, what'd you score today? And we're starting to get answers. Like <laughs> it's still this process because it's kind of new in this foundational shift that we're going through, but um, I want it to go both ways. Right. And, you know, some of that transparency is in just sharing how I'm feeling like, Look, I got to tell you that I'm really anxious right now because we're not meeting our numbers. Like, this is where it's coming from. Why? 
That's awesome. <laughs> and just lay just lay it on the table. Uh, um, you know, and and really it is an us game. Our team has gotten really tight. I think early on I've had a lot of different transitions, um, which can just create anxiety and uncertainty amongst the team. And I've worked on myself to get to the level of leadership where I can then take us to the next level. And it's just really settled a lot of that transition, um, which increases certainty, increases commitment, increases that willingness to be like, okay, I'm going to stretch a little bit farther, get out of my comfort zone because I know that Cooler's here, Matt's got me. Let's see what we can really do. Tamara. He yeah. sounds like a way better version of me, <laughs> right? He's more mature, <laughs> more articulate, like, and, but we have, we're very similar, right? You are very, very similar. Yeah. I could totally, yeah, completely for sure. You guys have an award at your place um, to give out to inspire culture? No. Um, but I do challenge people to contribute every day to a positive environment. Um, like we just had a meeting this morning where that was like what I did. Um, you know, I, I, I'm involved enough to know that we have quite a few employees that are having some personal things going on. That's really challenging. Um, and it's very hard to perform at a high level when your home life is, you know, you're having a hard time. So, uh, this morning I was like, you know, Hey, if you guys have something going on in your personal life, that's challenging, raise your hand. Guess what? Everybody. Right. And then I was like, please be transparent. Like you're not going to hurt my feelings. I just want to know by show of hands who enjoys coming to work every day and everybody raise their hands. And there might've been one or two who lied, but it's okay. Um, they probably just didn't want to be the outliers. Right. Um, but I genuinely believe that like most, if not all of the people enjoy coming to work every day. And so I said, you know, I think we can take it to another level. Like I've been a part of some pretty special cultures and we have a long way to go, but we have a really good culture here. And so what I was thinking is, you know, I told him, I said, look, you can, ride the bus or you can drive the bus. But ultimately what I want everyone to do on their way to work is to think about how they can positively impact a peer or even a leader here. If you see one of us going through a hard time or just whatever it's body language, it's smiles, it's, Hey, how are you? It's, you know, just the little things can add up. And then also you can do big things too. But ultimately, like if you're looking, you're looking for something easy, just come in and smile and say, Hey to everyone. You know what I'm saying? Give hugs, high fives, like the energy alone can help boost people up. And if you got multiple people that do that, if you're in an ill mood and you come in here, you got five people who come up and give you a high five. It's kind of hard to be like, you know, like you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And then what's going to happen? I'm going to be like, Hey, Tamara, come here. Is everything okay? Like, you know, I saw that you were kind of like half fiving and everybody else was high fiving, you know? Um, and, and it's just like, I just want to check on you. Is, are you good? You know? And, and like, if you come from a place of sincerity and, and transparency and empathy, then that works really well. Um, but I don't do awards. So tell me 
how you do awards. Yeah, so I, I do have something to share, but a couple of things just to piggyback on that, you know, in the name of transparency, there's consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer is not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers, between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. I'm going to tell you guys a marketing secret. You want to gain more social media likes, shares, and follows? People love unique and cool projects. There are no better photos to share than the ones on Schweiss Doors social accounts. These guys post some incredible things. Make sure to go there and like and share their Facebook and Instagram post with your business account. So if you like their business account, you can share their uh, their post. The Bifold Doors are awesome, and they're doing some great projects that will go viral on social media if you share them. Go right now to Schweiss Door on Facebook and check out some of the projects they share and like their page. Oh, and don't forget, no one builds a better bifold than Schweiss. There's two big pieces that I am stretching myself in that's going to continue impacting the culture. One of them is, you know, obviously for you and for myself as well, like I'm here to go to work for my team. My team goes on the front lines and works for the customer, but I'm I'm here to work for my team. So I'm going to be checking in. I want to make sure that they know I've got their back. Um, there's a big piece for me that, you know, how do I give more compliment and create this culture of finding the good? Because it's so easy for me, especially to get into, okay, that's, that's good, but let's do like, almost negate some of the hard work. And I've caught myself, I've been called out, you know, because now I'm starting to get really real-time feedback from my team that they'll be like- You can hey, feel man, critical yeah. to them. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing they do is good enough, but you're like, hey, I'm proud of you. That's good. But if you did it like this, it'd be even right. better, right? Right, right. So that's art, right? Like how do I how do I give these like attaboys and attagirls and this is solid and we're rocking and just like, let that land 
and then come in at some other point and be like, here's another way to either earn more, add more value or whatever. Right. Um, That's really good. Yeah. So I I just wanna, I'm the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we might um, have separated at birth, but you have better hair. <laughs> so this, this thing, you, you're welcome. I think Greg also built one of these for his team, but this I call the Tenaz Award. So T-E-N-A-Z is the Spanish translation for tenacity. And the way this works is we award this every quarter and it's a team vote. So the team votes, they nominate, whoever gets the most nomination gets a Tainoff award for that Unfortunately, quarter. Unfortunately, we have to take the drum off because drums are in shortage. So we got to use it for a job. So now you just have, you just have a hat, like a quarter of a spring and a tube. And oh, by the way, we might need that cone too, by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you get big enough, maybe it's not as, as needed. Um, but there is, you know, we can add a little beer can in there or a seltzer for non-drinkers. And That's in awesome. our, in our realm, you know, we'll have a quarterly little celebration. We'll get this awarded. Whoever wins it takes whatever's in here. It's usually kind of stale and old and they've got to slam it. Like that's uh that's the name not to encourage like drinking is not that a huge like part of our culture. Monday morning meeting or something. <laughs> usually in the afternoon. And okay, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just one way. So, you know, when I brought that forward, I wanted to encourage this value of tenacity. And, you know, even where we're at today, there's more hard stuff coming. And we're seeing this really wonky environment. And who knows how it's going to play out over these next years. I'm not guessing the supply chain is going to get super great anytime this year. And the, like, there's going to be weirdness for a while. And so this value of tenacity is an important aspect of Cooler. It's how I started Cooler, how I grew Cooler, how I went through just weird cash flow crunches as I'm building this from the bootstrap kind of deal. And it's so key that I really wanted to find a vehicle to encourage it. And so I created that Tenas Award. And, you know, now we've got it, you know, symbolized in this bowl and we've got Tenas on our shoulders of uniforms and just keep it present. Yeah, that's cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So um, when can I come out? No, I'm just kidding. You're welcome anytime. But you I will tell you, Ryan. You just GDU, right? What's that? Did you just join GDU? You just yeah, joined he's in, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like a week, ago, week or two ago? Last yep. week was his first meeting, yeah. What'd you think? I think it was good. I got some value out of that first conversation. Good. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where, where these can go. And I love the, I mean, it, it's so valuable just to have good people that are playing good level games to be able to interact and yeah. just raise up my own game with everybody else. Yeah. I love the fact that it keeps you plugged in with a bunch of like super positive guys who are dealing with all the same thing I am, you know? 100%. So I think that's awesome. Um, I, I was going to say just on the fact of you coming out here, Ryan, mm-hmm. absolutely do it. Just know that we're removed a bit from any massive hub. So you'll want to spend more than a day. Like a donkey here. ride? You want like a week. Not quite a donkey ride. I can get you <laughs> one if you want. But 
Well, I, I'm, I may take you up on that. I probably, there's a couple people I need to visit. Um, so barefoot is a client of ours. Um, yeah. Caleb's awesome. So yeah, yeah. He I'll is probably right. go visit him. How far he's away about, is he? He's about four or five hours from me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And he's out in the yeah. middle of nowhere. I heard. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so where are you to um, like, fly into the main city which is what denver denver, denver. yeah thank you yeah so we so we're three and a half hours southwest of denver okay a love so is another four hours southwest of us who is caleb caleb he's in the middle of nowhere yeah. um so his i've been town, to his town's a little bit bigger you probably could fly in there pretty easy into okay. durango yeah, Durango. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Denver. You've got um, what's the big town right below them? Something Springs. Colorado Springs. Colorado, yeah. Colorado Springs. How far are you from yeah. Colorado Springs? About the same. I mean, Denver, Denver, Colorado Springs are within an hour and a half. It's pretty much north south, and then we're over west, three and a half. Okay. Hours drive. And it's like um, we don't need donkeys, but. Um, I'm the way you said it. I feel like I envision like dangerous cliffs and no donkeys, but maybe four wheel drive. <laughs> right. Right. I got to have like this dude pick me up on the side of the river and like, no, it's not like that. Not quite like that. Depends on the season. You can meet some gnarly weather over our passes. If you're driving from Denver. You can fly into Gunnison. We've got a decent airport, a tiny, but it's a long strip. So we'll have military air testing going on occasionally just because it's super high altitude and long enough. You could accidentally plane. get shot down if you come that way, but it's a lot quicker. Um, Worth it. <laughs> I was going to go listen. I hope this doesn't get back to him. I love Matt Weber. You know Matt Weber? I don't know if I do. The name's familiar, though. Matt is with Alpha and he's in um, Montana, Billings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so gung ho. I'm like, bro, I'm coming to hang out with you. And like, we picked dates and everything. And I went online to book the flight and there's like no direct flights. Um, and there's like, it was miserable. Like you got to go here and you got to go here. And, and there's one thing about me that you have to understand. I'm, I'm a little bougie with certain things. Don't laugh, Tamara. Um, I I will cancel a funeral if I have to take a connecting flight. Absolutely freaking hate it. So I told him, I'm like, bro, there's no like direct flights to billing. And he's like, yeah, you just have to take like this one airline. And I'm like, ooh. I don't really fly anything but Delta. And he's like, he's like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let me get back to you. I think something just came up. <laughs> oh, mercy. So I never went, um, but I do know there's direct flights to Boulder. I mean, not Boulder, but, um, but Denver. So I've flown into Denver quite a few times. Yeah, I've been to Colorado Springs. Um, I've been to Boulder. So Estes Park is so beautiful. Yeah. So um yeah, I actually went there. Um, it was like right when my last time I was there, they had just 
approved dispensaries in downtown Denver, I think. And they had just installed a few. I got there right then, like right after that happened. That was probably like what, eight years ago? Well, that likely would have been 2012. And that's that's probably exactly when I got my my director of substance abuse prevention project in our county was right <laughs> when we legalized. That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, sure. I think that um I, I yeah, I'll definitely come. Montana, I I love the idea. I just don't do connecting flights. Oh mercy! <laughs> can't I can't? I don't like being in a car longer than like four hours. So uh, you're gonna have a hard time getting in the gunny, but I think you can make it. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, we can find like a helicopter ride. There you go. Oh, it's got to be like some. I'll pick you up in the cool helicopter. Yeah, something dramatic. You do deserve a private helicopter, and then you can just come pick us up right outside the airport. Right, that's right. See, we always where there's a will, there's a way. That's right. Make it happen. We said that one, and just say no today. So I'm throwing out some like old school things. Yep, our little '90s slogans. Yep. All right, so. what are some things that you do like um, on a daily basis or weekly basis or monthly basis other than the award? Um, and, and so what are you basing that on real quick before we move on? Like the award, you said the guys vote. So what are you asking them to base that on? It's really based around tenacity. I'm like, look, we're, we're voting. You're going to nominate. I want you to, you know, select somebody that aligns with our values and our values is the acronym of service. And, um, you know, somebody that has either made a, made a great, great mistake and accepted, adopted, learned, and grown from it, um, stretch themselves one way or another, or just put down the extra elbow grease and kind of stood out for, for that tenacity. I love it. And then from there, it's just wing it. Yeah. It's kind of what we're all doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what can you take from like your marketing background that's really helped you here with this, the door company? Oh man. Um, You know, that's a really good question. There's certainly a power to a brand and no matter what the communication is, I think the brand is the communicator mm-hmm. and to be able to tie those two together, just adds more power. And there's a piece in there where if you have the brand lock and you know what you want to communicate, then you have to find the right vehicle to communicate it. The brand is going to direct and instruct a little bit of what vehicle that is along with who you're targeting. And it all comes down to clarity and focus. Um, You know, when I was working in drug prevention and we're talking drug prevention, um, so a lot of it was aimed at youth, youth and parents, right? Just trying to prolong the consumption so that a youth brain could develop. And we would create brands. We had a just say no, but it was K-N-O-W. 
Mm. And it was a brand, right? So we created this artwork, imagery, symbolism, and we created this brand and then a messaging with it. Because from my perspective, I was definitely on the, um, let's talk about this and get out of the 90s, like scare tactic yeah. kind of deal. And so I just wanted to have communication going about. And so it allowed me to test vehicles in our community, which was knowledge that I kept for talking about garage doors. So I knew, I knew which paper or which social media channel or which, um, whatever it might be, billboard hang spot, or, you know, could be so many different things. But at the end of the day, it's getting really clear on, on the brand, what you're communicating to whom, and finding those channels to be able to point. So it's a little rifle shot instead of a shotgun blast. Nice. How did you get turned on to Donald Miller? Somebody posted the book recommendation somewhere. Um, and I, I really heard it before, but um, not a lot of people know about it, like in the garage door industry. Yeah. You know, so I, I read his book and it was just a light bulb. I was like, oh, it just makes you know, so much is, sense. This is a story. All I'm doing is, is sharing a story. And well, if they come to my website, you know, what's, what's the story I can communicate? And again, it comes down to focus, right? It's not about like, here's everything Cooler can do. It's like, here's the story of what you're coming here for and just putting myself into their shoes. If I'm looking for a garage door company, I'm looking for somebody that can fix my door, replace my door, and then we can get into some of the nuances of everything else we could do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that book really resonated with me and it just shifted up the communication because it just came clear. I was like, oh, let's talk about a story. That makes yeah. so much sense. And if you take if you take that story from StoryBrand and you combine it with like Simon Sinek's why, you really win a lot, right? Like if yes. you know your why and you can clearly communicate it and tell it as a story, um, those two are like probably the two most powerful combinations of messaging and marketing, in my opinion. I love it. I love it. You've yeah. seen that, right? Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He talks about like um, the difference between Microsoft and, and Apple. Mm-hmm. And how, like, you know, he went to visit Microsoft and they were so consumed with what Apple was doing. They were like, oh, you know, what was that? when you when you had your meeting with Apple, what did you do this and trying to get like information, right? And then we went to Apple, they were talking about vision and all the ideas they had and, you know, all this stuff and didn't even bring up Microsoft. And he's like, the difference is, is that my, uh, Microsoft doesn't know their why. They're just chasing whatever. And Apple understands their why, like, why are they doing what they're doing? And, and that eliminates the need for like competition. You're basically your own competition at that point. You're not a competition with anybody else. So I just always thought that was really cool. And then with story brand, he said something in that book that really stood out to me and I was guilty of doing it myself. And I still am guilty sometimes, especially in social media posts, but, um, talks about like how businesses are really good at making ourselves the hero of someone else's day. Right. And he talks yeah. about how the customer's the hero and we're like the assistant, 
we're here, we're here to like your mom, you got kids, you know, you're trying to run out at the beginning of the morning and your door doesn't open. I'm not the hero. I'm not right. You got bigger things going on than your garage door. I'm here to try to make sure that you can accomplish all the things in your world, taking care of getting the kids to school, you know, going to work, doing this, doing that. And you're the hero of the story. I'm just here to make sure you can continue being the hero. And that was like, holy cow. Yes, that is true. Because I get so annoyed when I listen to advertisements where the company makes it all about them. And that's all they talk about. It's just annoying. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a fundamental paradigm shift. And I agree with you. Like that is the essence of nobody needs to read that book anymore. Cause if they just heard that, that is it, yeah. you know, and it's, Sorry, it's like the old, that. yeah, it's, it's the old picks and axes kind of analogy. Like we're in mining town, Colorado. And, you know, I think the guys that did really well back in the 1800s were the ones selling the picks and axes. Like here's the tools for you to go be your own hero kind of deal. Yeah. And when I, when I read that and locked that in, I was like, yeah, this is, it because now you know in training our technicians to show up it is important to gain that rapport because in that rapport we're really understanding who that customer is what makes them tick what's their problems what's their anxieties what's their concerns or fears or excitement and get to know them because then that can offer that solution to where it's like i'm just the guide i've got picks and axes what do you need for fulfilling yourself. So it's funny that we landed here because I just made the connection, Tamara, that um, we're having a very similar conversation of brand and culture that we had with Christy. Uh, yeah, I, that's, I was going to say. Doesn't it uh, feel similar? Yeah. It I feel like if you're going to have a good culture, like culture becomes your brand and then mm -hmm. your brand, like, cast it into the world but you really can't have a good brand without a good culture i think maybe maybe you can maybe like i, mean, I think I it's all part of the cohesive message and that when that gets confused uh if you have a great culture but you don't have a really good brand or you have a really strong brand but you have a really weak culture that's where you see kind of a disconnect and having i mean making those things uh, one cohesive unit, I think, is where we can find a lot of success. I agree. Hey, Matt, do you ever find yourself like feeling really good about your culture and then something bad happens and you're like, maybe it's not as good as I thought? Or, like, do you ever have those moments and you're like, crap, how did I not see that coming? Um, the answer is yes. I think they they happen all the time. Sometimes they're just inside my own perception. And sometimes maybe they go beyond and, and are actually more real world. Um, I mean, are you trying, what would be an example? Because I can think of, you know, where we miss deliver on a service or product. But then I also look at that like, okay, that really sucks. We really messed up. And like, what does the brand cooler do? 
Yeah. And so it's just another opportunity to strengthen and, and show up behind any kind of mishap there. Um, it's a constant I, work. Like it is culture, like creating an amazing culture in a business is, does not done by mistake. No, no, it's not. And it's constant. I was going to just bring up, you know, the, the piece that I think might be even more relative is, you know, culture is about how we interact with each other. And so if I have an employee or team, teammate, maybe it's an off day, maybe it's, it's whatever, um, maybe they're not a great fit and they are acting in a way that is not aligned with the brand. Well, it's my job as a leader to protect the brand, to lead the brand, to live the brand. So there's a lot of accountability on myself. Yeah. And my learning and some of the things that I've really been challenged with is not tolerating actions, behaviors, comments that are outside of it. And in the past, I have tolerated that. And that's gone into some painful moments and conversations. But the quicker I can hold the line on that, the better. Um, and it is just very consistently showing up. Nice. So give me an example of like one big challenge that you took on that you felt like created um, the most positive impact on your culture. Putting together the, what I used to call bureaucracy. I started out being very anti um standard operating procedures or manuals yeah <laughs> and i literally have tried this multiple times and what i would do is i'd be like okay you know my bad we need this in place so that we know how to run and i would say here it is and then i'd turn around and i walk away from it and never look at it again and so my guys are the same thing you know this this was more so when I was trying to run essentially two companies because I grew a painting company decent size along with a door company for a minute and I could only have a capacity. So I was watching one or the other and um, these fires would keep erupting. And I was like, what? forget about it <laughs> until I was stressed out again. So, you know, this literally happened. Um, I'll give a shout out to Al and Seven Powers. And I just did a little testimonial for him because I took that on in November and that's heavy lifting. That's, that's really anchoring in Hey, this is how we're going to do things. And not only just stating that, but training on that and training isn't just reading the manual once it's coming back to it every week. It's going out to the vehicles to look, to inspect, to follow up on the job and to have those conversations, just not tolerating something that's outside of it. Yeah. Um, so it's not easy. I have the analogy all the time. I've got a 12 year old and a 10 year old kid in my house and there's so many similarities. I mean, it's just humans, right? Like all adults are, we're just grown kids that mm -hmm. have less hair or facial hair. Like <laughs> there's, Tamara can there's attest like, to that. <laughs> I act like I'm 12 most yeah. of the time. So yeah, me too. Me too. So yeah, it's just this constant piece, right? And that's, that's, created a different version of Matt. The Matt that runs Cooler today is wildly different than Matt that ran it six months ago, yeah. more or less two years ago. Like that dude. 
wouldn't know what to do with today. So it sounds like your biggest challenge that you overcame was you stopped leading people the way that you appreciated being led and you started leading people in a way that gave understanding and direction commonly across the board. And then people felt more comfortable because they knew what their job and their responsibilities were. And that made it a better workplace. I think that's a great summary. That was my summary. I actually just told you my story. And the reason why I did that is because we are the same freaking person, dude. I'm telling you, isn't it? uh, It's weird. (laughs) So my my old employer, literally everybody used to complain because he would cut me loose and let me do my thing. I'm probably going to bring him on um, the show because he's such a great guy and he's got some cool stories, but I had free reign like to do whatever. And I built a crazy good sales team and like we, we had fun and and I did some things that he would slap my hand on, but he would still let me do my thing. Um, and that's who I am, right? Like I, you don't need to give me direction. I figure it out and I figure it out fast and I do it well. And then I keep getting better at it because I, I just dig until I get to the best of what I can accomplish. And then when I started hiring people for my business, I hired and told them what I wanted them to do and then expected it to never have to be talked about again. But in reality, that's not how everybody's brain works, right? And what happens is that kind of changes in their brain over time. And then a new guy starts and you're like, hey, will you train the new guy? Heck yeah, I will. And he trains the new guy different, slightly, but different, right? And then the new guy trains somebody the next thing you know, nobody's following the process that you have in your head. So then you have to go like when Josh started, he's like, bro, all right, so um, where's your SOPs? And I'm like, you mean like, uh, like a document? <laughs> I was like, I can tell you what the process is. And then I was telling him, I was like, oh, no, wait, we actually changed that part because of this. So it's now this. And he's like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you can't run a business this size and not have documented processes. So we went, it took a little while, but we went through the process of like getting that figured out. And we still got a long way to go, but I think you and I think a lot alike. We probably lead a lot of like, we're not micromanagers. Like we are just going to give it to you and let you run with it. And then when you mess up, we'll slap you, like hey, encourage you and be like, Hey, you see it. Yeah, I see it. Okay, cool. Go get it. And, and that works for some people, but just not all, you know, not all people. That's right. That's right. So agree. dude, you're awesome. I, um, I am definitely coming out. Uh, I may yeah. even bring Josh with me and maybe even my warehouse guy. Um, he's asking for like more responsibility and he's kind of like, uh, apparently got some carpenter skills that I was unaware of. Um, you know, I like, I'm a visionary. So sounds like you are too. And we have like our kick 2022 kickoff meeting. Um, we did that a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about some of the other things that we, that we're talk, thinking about getting into. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, and he's like, I have experience in that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that is awesome, bro. So I didn't know, you know, like now I got this guy already working for me who has experience in a field that I'm thinking about getting into. So, you know, that's why transparency is so cool because 
you know, you share your vision with your team and then you find out somebody's got a skill set that you didn't even know they had that might end up being like even a better return on investment than what they're doing now. And they may be happier doing it. So anyway. That's awesome. That's so awesome. start getting the helicopter ready is what he's saying. Yes. Yeah, I'll work, I'll work on that. What, uh, what, what videos do you want to see next? What do we produce over here? Um, well, I, I would just want to learn how you do it. I think it would be cool to see a video, like how, how you build the door. Um, I think that would be cool. Like not to be like super selfish, but maybe like a step-by-step. -step. <laughs> Brian wants a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just go ahead and hook up the tutorial. Um, no, I mean like, uh, out there, it's really popular to do like the naughty wood look. Um, yeah. You know, I think um, I would love, I, you know, do the metal on metal. Yeah. Let's try that. I think that would be right. cool. Like the R&D on the metal on metal, because you were talking about the metal overlay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the wrapped versus just surface. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference? And there is. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah why it's more beneficial to have it wrapped than just on the surface. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you could get into doing glass overlay, like the Sterling. What? What? Glass overlay? Yeah. Have you seen the Sterling? No. No. Check out, so. check out CHI Sterling. Listen, here's the thing. What had happened was um, <laughs> you could these doors are super expensive like really expensive right yeah yeah but it's it's genuinely tinted glass like a like maybe like i think it's one eight thick tinted dark glass with adhesive to a flush panel door yeah. and they they charge a lot so, and it's sexy. It's like, I call them frameless glass or infinity glass doors. Looks so nice. Uh, Wayne Dalton makes one and CHI a, makes one. Those yeah, are the ones I've yeah. seen. You know what I'm talking about now? I do. Yeah, I've seen them. You can make that, right? I think so. I mean, why not? Yeah. See, tenacious. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. That's tenacity. I'm going to look into it. That's right. <laughs> We'll figure it out, and then I'll come out right after that. No, I'm just kidding. Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, you like that? So we do a lot of glass here because Atlanta's um, got like little pockets of different types of modern homes in the area. And so you have like mm -hmm. contemporary, mid-century, um, farmhouse. Now like the cottage modern is becoming a thing here. Um okay. And so like a lot of people also like that industrial glass door um, where they're cutting out holes in their basements or they like the indoor outdoor living space. Um, but I love the, I love the frameless glass. The only problem, like I installed three of them on a guy's house one time and I called him shortly after and I'm like, Hey dude, how's it going? You enjoying your doors and blah, blah, blah. He's like, man, I love them. He said, I've got one problem. I said, what? He goes, you know, I'll leave for the day and I'll come back and there'll be like two dead birds on the ground in front of my doors. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, dude, they don't see the glass and they slam into it and it breaks their neck. And I'm like, wow. 
So he put these, um, apparently did some research and there's like stickers. Um, they're like, just like, uh, they're almost transparent, but not quite. He stuck them in the middle all the way across and you can see them, which sucks, but he's like, I just felt bad because I'm cleaning up birds every day. Uh, uh, and so they look like a mirror. I mean, you just can't tell. Um, but beside that, I mean, Pete is probably going to come down. I mean, I love the doors. Um, and we've installed, we've installed quite a few. And so, uh, they look great and they're beautiful. I'm just so vain because I don't care about the birds. Bougie. I love, I love the new, the innovative stuff that in the industry and me too. Keep that kind of stuff. It's exciting. Going, so. Yeah. 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 All right, bro. Well, listen, you're awesome. Uh, I'll see you in GDU and I'm going to reach out to you uh, to come up with a time. I know it's like really beautiful there, like towards the end of April and May. Um, it can be the summertime. Summers are really the secret. Like mm-hmm. July. Yeah. July I was going to say July, uh, August. July sucks here, bro. Yeah. July and August. I'll look for any reason to get out of here. Yeah, it's like rarely gets the 80s here. Mm-hmm. Beautiful flowers, rivers are flowing. July is like the time, the magic month. Yeah. Maybe I can bring my wife. And we only get four weeks. So I mean, that's true. <laughs> well, July here, it's like um, 98 to 105. And like when you go outside, Humid. you immediately feel like you need to take a shower. Because mm-hmm. it's like humid and all the girls are complaining about their hair. So yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll get it's that fun. planned. Listen, uh, thank you so much, Matt. Uh Kohler Homes, cooler, cooler homes. It was cooler homes. Now it's cooler garage doors. And yep. uh check out his new website, coolergaragedoors.com. And listen, give a break if you find something on there that's not perfect. It's a brand new website. They'll they're working on it. And uh tell me about it. Yeah, just let them know and uh, don't be critical. Uh, I didn't build it, unfortunately. Um, there was somebody else he hired. Who'd you hire for that? Was that the Dan and Antone? No, no, they're coming with our rebrand, but I had a local guy. Nice. You did a good job. Together here. Yeah, a little nice. garage door trade in, in that mix. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I love trade. Uh, yep. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show and share your look on uh, culture, company culture, and, uh, some of the things that you've done. And then, um, also appreciate like the chat about the overlay and the, the, like a lot of selfish information I was trying to pull out of you. Let's schedule a podcast, talk about culture, and then I'll try to see if I can get some information about overlays. No, just kidding. (laughs) Kind of, um, listen, be safe, have fun, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate all your help and like the social media. Cause you're, you're, I love your perspective. Um, and I don't have to post a lot because you pretty much say exactly what I would say. So it's great. Um, <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> have a good day, bro. It was uh, nice hanging out with you and getting to know you better. Yeah, ditto, man. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. See you, bro.